Welcome in. This is your Jock Market Power Hour for this week's Valero Texas Open. I'm Rick Gaming. That right there, Joe Idoni. Joe, Joe, Joe. It's a Wednesday night. You're under the weather. You're powering through. And one of the favorites just withdrew. Our, our, our pet's heads are falling off over here. <laughs> uh, luckily, I will not be withdrawing tonight. I'm here to stick it out. I will power through Power Hour. Yeah, Abraham Answer decided not to. Abraham yeah. Answer, alert, alert, has withdrawn from the Valero Texas Open, which is unfortunate, Joe, because uh, I quite fancied his chances this week. Yeah, I have him as like the the fourth favorite in the field. Um, should have been a great spot for him. Played pretty well last week. So interesting to see. What do you think it is? You think he's just? You think he's sick? Do you think it's an injury at this point? I, I guess I hope it's an illness. It, it is generally quite rare for a Wednesday night WD for an otherwise yeah. healthy guy uh, who has not dealt, you know, with any recent injuries. And then also with the fact that him, oh, he's been there all week. I mean, he hosted a party. He's been mingling. He's been doing his thing. Uh, so I'm hoping it is not like a freak injury that kept, that's going to keep him out. I'm hoping it's more like stomach bug, a 48 hour flu, and he's going to be good to go for a gust. Like that's what I'm hoping for, but I've, I really have no idea. I know. Yeah, we're totally speculating. I would think that, I don't know, for me, it feels like it could be injury because I would feel like stomach bug. You at least wake up and like see how you feel in the morning, right? But, but we'll see. Uh, we wish him all the best. He's obviously in the field for Masters next week, which everyone's excited for a bit of a tune up week. But um, we still got a contest. We're still paying out $25 a share to the winner. And uh, IPO is going to close here at 9 p.m. Yeah, that's right. So we got 45 minutes or so. Allie says, yes, my favorite time of the week. Frank is loving the show. And if you yeah. have no idea what you've stumbled into, welcome. This is the Jock Market Power Hour. It's Stock Market DFS. It's your opportunity uh, to turn golfers into, into stocks. You can right now bid on shares of golfers for the Valero Texas Open. That's the IPO phase that we are in right now, Joe. And uh, as we saw, uh, you know, last week as well, no exception for Punta Cana, things really do heat up here down the down the stretch. Yeah, no doubt about it. Uh, Punta Cana was, was a bit of a bloodbath for me, but I'm hoping to uh, surge back a little bit of bankroll this week and take it into a big Masters week uh, next week. But TPC San Antonio, this is a fun course. This is a good test for the players year in and year out. There are some, um, I think you can draw some very vague comparisons in some of the around the green game and some of the, uh, you know, forced up and downs that you're going to have this week. So um, Rory McIlroy himself, the favorite in the field, mentioned that as much this week that he's kind of using this as a tool to get ready for next week. So uh, we'll see what we got. Yeah, just to give a couple of examples. So here's the data from rickrungood.com, and I'll try to make this as big as possible here on the screen if you're watching on YouTube. Here's the Punta Cana results. So Chad Ramey goes out uh, last week, and we bid him up to $5.15. That was his uh, price per share. With the victory, he got the full $25 a share payout. That's nearly 20 bucks of profit for every single share that you owned of Chad. Ben Martin fell just short, uh, finished third, $2.53 a share. Uh, $18 was his payout there, so $15 of profit per share. And Joe, not sure if you noticed this, uh, but I added a new little leaderboard. To, to the tools over at rickrungood.com. So now you can just look at golfers in this field. You can sort by any time frame that you want, and you can kind of click through the average ROIs, the average payouts, everything uh, that you might find handy for these cash markets. Uh, I'm trying to expand the tools a bit here. 
this is incredible. I hadn't seen this yet. I was on, I'm on the page on my other screen here, but I was looking up data for last year's TPC San Antonio. Um, you just keep making this website better, man. Just keep doing your thing. This is awesome. This is totally free. If all of you don't know, rickrungood.com, all the jock market tools. If you are playing in these golf contests and you don't have this pulled up, at least to reference, um, you're doing something wrong. It's all out there for free. Awesome stuff, dude. Yeah, I appreciate that. Uh, we're going to jump into the big board. We're going to get into our segment called Bullish or Bearish. But I must say, if you like free money, go ahead and drop your jock market username in the chat right now. I'll give out some jock bucks as the night goes on. And uh, also, if you have not deposited yet, the code that you're looking for, power. Link in the description. You can get rocking and rolling because, yeah, you mentioned it, Joe. There's, there's green money to be made this week, but I imagine – the largest PGA cash market in history will be taking place uh, essentially one week from right now. Yeah, we've got as many players as ever. We've got as many shares available as we ever have before uh, each and every week. So next week is going to be huge. I don't know if you saw, but they announced earlier today that they are doing a $2,500 raffle for the Masters. So they are giving out $250 raffle, basically tickets, 10 of them next week. They're also giving out 250 bucks for the live. I think this is pretty cool. So whoever has the live trade with the most ROI through the week, it can literally be one share. But if you have the most ROI in a live trade, you're getting 250 bucks from Jock Market. If you have the worst ROI on a live trade oh, for no. the week, they're giving away 250 bucks. So they are just dumping more and more money into our pockets that we can pour right back <laughs> into the market. It's cool stuff they are rewarding both ends of it i like that that's yeah. always uh always fun uh all right so uh, joe what we like to do before i unveil the big board and honestly the you know the pricing is going to figure itself out over the course of the next 40 minutes or so but what we like to do is we like to do this little segment called bullish or bearish where i have chosen four golfers and uh quite honestly if anybody in the chat wants to throw out somebody else we can go through another and we kind of take a stance whether we're bullish on bearish and it's really based on the fair value price the price that uh we think these golfers are going to go for and in turn the fair value position on the leaderboard because we talk about this all the time there's a price for everyone so it's it's really an exercise that we have to do by assigning a fair value to every single one of these golfers yeah, absolutely. It's a fun little game we play. Like you mentioned, if you have anyone that you'd like us to touch base on, feel free to drop it in the chat and we'll do our best to get through it. But you've got four lined up for tonight. Who do we got? All right, let's start with uh, Corcon. Corey Connors has won this event before. Three really great years of history. His fair value that we've assigned to him, $8.29. That is asking him, Joe, to finish about 16th or better. So as I do every single week, I ask you, bullish or bearish on Corey Connors? Yeah, I'm going to go bearish. I know he's playing great. I know that he's won here. I know that he had a great performance last week at the match play where he finished third. Um, that's a lot of rounds played. And I just think that it's just there's so much volatility in golf that I think buying at such a high price. I do see here that it looks like he has had some higher IPOs, which I was a little surprised about. I thought that the, the fair value projection of 828 would be one of the higher marks for Corey Connors. It looks like he has had a couple higher than that. Um, did not return an ROI except the Sony in that instance. But yeah, I'm going to go bearish on Corcon. What about you, buddy? 
I think I'm with you here. And I have to admit, as the week's gone on, I've probably gotten more bullish on Corey Connors. But I just imagine we are going to be in a scenario, especially with Abraham Answer pulling out of this event, where uh, the chalky guys are just going to get chalkier. And I don't even think we're going to get an opportunity to make a decision on Corey Connors at $8.29. Quite frankly, Joe, I think he's going to surpass that. Um, and even if it was 829, I think I would take the bear position just because of how many rounds he's played. I, I mean, you're looking at his logs right now, uh, outside of really the last two weeks, he was just mired in a bit of a slump. So I'm still kind of, um, cautiously optimistic about Corey Connor. So I'll take a bear position here, but I don't think, I, I, I mean, I think since the answer news, I think, I don't think we see it at 829. Yeah, I agree. That's going to definitely give him a bump. We probably see a little bump from probably those top three guys because he was the fourth on the board and Connor, Sadeki, and Rory will be a little bit more popular as some of those shares that we're going to be on Abe answer get sort of spread out throughout the board. How about this? Joe, I love that you're providing more content recently. It's about time. Unleash the full potential. Oh, Joe, how about that? Love to hear it. Thank you very much, Allie. Um, I appreciate that. I'm doing the best that I can. I'm going to keep pushing it out. Next week, I've got a big week lined up. You're going to join me on a little Masters preview, so I'm excited to to launch that. And we'll, of course, be back for Power Hour. to like close down the week of content right before we get into Augusta National. What better way to cap it off? That's right. You're working hard. You're doing a great job. Let's move on to our next golfer here, Gary Woodland. $6.30 is the fair value that we're using. That's about 26th or better, Joe. Now, I uh, I chose Gary Woodland for this exercise, then saw your tweet in which you have already made a financial wager on Gary Woodland this yes. week, haven't you? I have, and I have a couple of times recently. Uh, basically, throughout the Florida swing, I've just been um, feeling it coming, man. He just looks healthy again, which is great, which I think was the one thing holding him back um, last year. That said, he finished sixth year last year on basically no form coming in. Uh, when I looked last year coming into this event, he had lost strokes on approach in tee to green in like five out of six events leading into the Valero Texas open still finished six this year, uh, gaining strokes in those categories in five out of six events. So he's coming in playing much better. It was encouraging to me at the Valspar to actually see him do it, not only with the putter, but the iron started clicking as well. I just think that he's he's playing pretty good right now. He's healthy in a good spot in a weak field. I like him basically to finish 26th or better. Since the start of 2022, Gary Woodland's played seven cash markets. Uh, on average, he's returned you a profit of nearly $2 per share, an ROI over 40%, and he's turned you a profit in more than half of those markets. So Gary Woodland, Joey might be seeing a bit of a resurgence for him. Okay, that's always exciting to see. Um, make sure your jock market username's in the chat. I'll get some money given out here in just a bit. Here's a guy. Oh, um, I'm bearish on Gary Woodland. I, I, I've got nothing against him. I just think that I'm kind of in this long term. I don't, I, his metrics are getting better, but it's not the Gary yet. Uh, I'll just wait and see. I, I'll just take the other okay. side of it. Um, a guy I'm bullish on is Brendan Steele. Brendan Steele, we have a 559 30th is essentially what he would need to finish to beat that. And Joe, uh, I'll, I'll just jump right into this. He was horrible when he missed five straight cuts. He's kind of figured it out recently at the API at the players championship. The ball striking is there. The putter still horrendous, but he's putted well at TPC San Antonio in his career. He's hoisted a trophy here. So if you give me an opportunity, uh, to get a little bit of value 
on Brendan Steele, which I think 559 is. I'll take it. How about you? Uh, I'll play devil's advocate and just take the bearish side of Brendan Steele. I just think that asking him to basically, you know, he had so many missed cuts in a row. So asking him to not only do that, but finish in the top half of those to miss the cut is a big ask for him right there at, you know, finishing 30th or better, I think is probably right around the line that you have him basically in terms of a top 30 market. Um, but a lot of $1 payouts, which will scare me off a little bit. So I'm going to go bearish. Yeah, there, there certainly are a lot of $1 uh, payouts. That's a little bit uh, hairy. But let's finish this off with uh, the four that I picked, and then we can get into the chat a little bit because I saw a couple more. Uh, how about Kevin Streelman, $4.21. That's about 40th, Joe. Kevin Streelman, bullish or bearish? Uh Quite simply, I'm going to take the bullish side. He's basically made the cut here in just about every appearance that he's been to. Um, I know the form isn't fantastic with Kevin Streelman, but I do lean a little bit on the course history. You can see there that he has some of those definitive spikes that we're always looking for. Uh, so I'm going to take a bull side on Streels. What yeah. about you? Bull it up, bull it up. He's, um, I think he's got three to uh, top 25s in his last four starts coming in. He's got like four top 10s in his last six starts here. I mean, it's just, this is a pretty good combination of uh, recent form and course history. And uh, on average, uh, he's returned you a 10% ROI over every single market that he has played in. So yeah, I'll take the bull side on Kevin Stroman. Let me jump into the chat real quick because I saw a couple that interest me. I think I saw two in here. Uh, one was uh, Rory McIlroy, uh, which Joe, I'll, I'll quickly give you a fair value on Rory. It's expensive. $10.31, 11th or better. Bullish or bearish on Rory McIlroy? Okay. I'm going to be bearish on that number just because it's hard to explain. And I kind of hate this narrative, but um, because I know there's over a million dollars on the line, they don't show up here to not finish first. But I just think so much focus is on next week for Rory. And he's using this to sort of tune up his game for the Masters. I know that he was there practicing earlier this week. It's a big, heavy ask for him. But I will say, like with the injury concerns with Hideki, potentially, he's clearly the best player in the field. What about you? Uh, yeah, the, the top of the board's uh, getting weaker every moment, seemingly here. I'll I'll take the bull side. Listen, I think it's smart what Rory's doing. You know, he doesn't not he doesn't usually play his way into the Masters, and we've seen how that's gone for him at Augusta National as he tries to complete this uh, monumental task of of the career Grand Slam, something that he's been sitting on for what seven or eight years. So I, I think it's smart to kind of change it, use this as a way to not focus on the Masters, be 100% in on the Valero Texas Open. Uh, the driver, it's been a weapon. I'll, I'll take the bull side for Rory, and I, I think this is smart. I'm very interested to see um, not only this week, Joe, but next week too, right? This two-week stretch where he's doing something different. I'm interested to see how that how that plays out for him. Yeah, I think that he sets up great for next week. He's playing pretty well, and it's not often. You made a good point there. It's not often that we see such a prohibitive, I think, favorite. Like if you're thinking that Hideki isn't 100% healthy, um, if that's your line of thinking, then uh, Corey Connors basically being the next best guy in the field and now no Abe answer, like he's the big dog here, and and it's by a pretty wide margin. So it's not a bad week to use him. One more. Uh, and it's Bo Hostler. Now I've got a fair value of Bo on two at two dollars and five cents, sixty fourth or better, Joe. But I'll I'll warn you, <laughs> it's 
he's already over it. He's already surpassed it. So I don't know. Should I adjust it to like, should I double it? Like what, what should I do here? So let's say 350. What's that going to be? Okay. So 350 would be about uh 47th or better for both. Okay. I'm, I am pretty bullish on Bo Hossler. I love me a little bit of Texas narrative this week. I think that he was playing well uh, with the exception of the players. I know you had him recently on your podcast, so you've got a close connection to old Bo Hoss. Um, What are your thoughts? That's what I want to hear. Uh, I'm quite bullish, not just because he was nice enough to come on the podcast, but I, I think that he's in a good a good spot with his game. I mean, he played eight weeks in a row, and then he took some time off, which I think was was much needed. Um, he's statistically though, like remove all the narrative stuff. Statistically, he is he's playing way over his baseline, which is a little bit scary. Uh, but but half of it's with the putter and half of it's on approach, which I'm like, OK, maybe he's found something. Even if the putter regresses back to what he would normally have, you still have some gains uh, from T to green that I think are exciting. So I'll, I'll take a a bold position, certainly on anything like, yeah, 40th or better, I think, is the is the way is this. It. Let me ask you, is this I know that there was a spot where he almost had a win locked up early in his career and he lost it to Poulter at the end. It, that wasn't here, was it? Was it another spot in Texas? Well, Poulter won in Houston. So is that Houston. what you were thinking about? That's it. Yep. Okay. So that's 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 the one. But yeah, and 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 Hostler's not long, uh, but he plays par fives well. Uh, actually, the longer par fives well because it turns into kind of three shotters for everybody, and he's kind of good, like a hundred yards and in. So I mean, it's an interesting little spot for him. We'll see. I'll take the bullseye. Yeah, interesting week in terms of the course. I think too. Um, Andy had a great preview on your site, but yeah, a lot of these par fives are are a little bit different this week and pretty much it's rare that you go anywhere on the pga tour and you get these par fives that are not like two shot holes i don't care how far they are they can be 630 yards and it feels like a lot of these guys are still getting there in two um it's a weird kind of course in that just the way that they're set up you end up with a lot of like 50 to 100 yard approach shots coming in which these guys don't see a whole lot of so we don't get a whole lot of stats on it but there are definitely guys that excel sort of in that range that i think you can sort of target this week for sure let me give away a little bit of money before i unveil the big board for tonight john fly you're on the board congratulations you've got 20 jock bucks coming in your direction if you want to be like john you want to be smart you want free money make sure your jock market username is in the chat right now that's all it takes I'll, I'll give it away. I don't care. It's not It's not my money. It's their money. I'll give it away. Power is the code that you're looking for if you haven't made a deposit yet. But Joe, uh, let me show you the big board because as we know, 24 minutes away or so from this IPO closing, there's going to be a lot of movement from here on out. But here's the way the odds look right or the, uh, the jock market looks right now. Let me make sure I can get all this stuff out of the way. Chris Kirk atop the jock market. He is currently $5.28 with Gary Woodland and Kevin Streelman, two guys we just talked about, right behind at 505 and 450. We haven't had a chance to talk about Chris Kirk. Uh, you look at his recent results. He lost your money at the Players' Championship, but before that, three really solid finishes in Phoenix and two of the, of, of the events in the Florida Swing. He's got a decent record here at the Valero. How do you assess Chris Kirk in this larger market? Yeah, I was smiling because Kirk Woodland Streelman. It feels like you, you, if you haven't heard those three names this week, you haven't listened to much golf content. Um, he's been super popular all week with good reason. They floated a pretty high uh, betting number on him early in the week that everyone pounced on. Uh, but yeah, I just think that uh, 
I don't know. I don't know on Chris Kirk. I missed the betting number on Monday. I wasn't feeling too well. So I feel like I kind of missed the boat and everyone's on him. Public sentiment, my gut tells me, is going to probably push him above the price that I would be willing to pay. His fair value is $599. He's already $528. I think we probably land somewhere in the seven, maybe even creeps into the $8 range tonight, which is just a little bit too high for me, um, given his sort of trajectory throughout his career. Yeah, it's going to be too high for me as well. I think, you know, it's just one of these situations where uh, some guys I'm just not willing to pay the all time high on, which, okay, so we're at 528 right now. Um, 683 at the Zozo. That's like the, I call it like the modern jock market record, right? Like when everyone figured out that we shouldn't be spending (laughs) $12.50 on guys at the top, there's like a modern leaderboard. It's like, you know, Babe Ruth changed the game and now we've got a modern (laughs) record book. That happened in the jock market as well. So we're basically, I I think we're probably going to get a modern all-time high on Chris Kirk tonight. And I, I try not to make a habit of buying guys at all time highs. Totally agree. 628, you said it was? Uh, yeah, at the, or 683 at the Zozo Championship. I still yeah. think he clears it. Yep. I think he does too, quite honestly. Yeah, we'll see. We'll see how that shakes out over the course of the evening. Let's see who else we've got here. Uh, Patton Kazire, Adam Hadwin, Charlie Hoffman, Mito Pereira next on the board. Any of those guys tickle your fancy? So, interesting case study this week on Charlie Hoffman. The ultimate course history guy um i've seen some stuff out there that like his course history here is among uh the best numbers for any player at a singular event on the pga tour Um, what he does here is incredible but it's been an absolute bloodbath in terms of recent form how do you weigh those two things so uh a lot to unwrap with Charlie. So you're absolutely right. So he he's gained uh two point I think it's 2.4 strokes per round over 44 rounds. There's only eight guys at eight courses that have done that. It's like Spieth at Augusta, Spieth at Pebble Beach, Rory at Bay Hill, DJ at Pe- like it's elite 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 stuff. Look at all the red. He has wow. not turned you a profit in the jock market since the first event of the season in September. So if I if I actually take it back to uh, 6-2, that was the memorial. So let's call it 6-2-2021. Charlie Hoffman might be the worst jock market player. Oh, oh God, Tony Finau has been worse. It's the only oh, guy no. in terms of average profit. But Hoffman has lost you more. He's lost you nearly 40%. It's it's historically bad. So I am, I am a a a recent form guy. Now yeah. I've been burned on this recently. Spieth at Pebble Beach literally burned us, uh, and there was another one. Oh, Brooks at Phoenix was another mm-hmm. one where he was just playing horribly, and um, you know had a good run at Phoenix. Which, by the way, I'm pretty sure Brooks is going to win the Masters. We can save that for another conversation. And I hate to drop that bomb on you right now because I Whoa. know what that'll do. To you. But like I'm, I I'm could not be more in on Brooks right now. I love it. He looked great at the match play. Um, <laughs> I think that he was just so amped up for that match with Rom, and he wanted that so bad. So I was happy because he almost choked that away. So I think that was big for him. But uh, he's really turned things around with the irons, which is huge. The one thing that I think is holding him back a little bit right now, and this is a totally different conversation, but uh, some of the lag putting, he's like running it by five, six feet, which is kind of his hallmark. And then he nails the uh, comebacker, but we'd like to see him tighten that up a little bit. He's in good shape. 
All right. I, I like the way that sets up. We'll talk, we'll talk about that next week, but we'll get to uh, that next week. I, I just, I can't, I'm, I'm, I have to be true to my own DNA at some point and not be involved in Charlie Hoffman. Like that, that's, that's the situation. Yeah. It's, I know it's like, so course history, as you mentioned, has, it's been one of those years where it's been kind of sticky. Like we saw it, um, even going back to like Henley at Sony, even Sam Burns, like he hadn't, he had started to turn around at the Valspar, but hadn't been playing fantastic. He comes in there and he goes back to back. Um, this is the type of course where we do see guys sort of repeatedly, particularly him play well at, but I think in almost all those other cases, there were at least signs of life. And we haven't seen that. And he's totally lost it with the irons at this point. Um, I think he makes some sense at just a, a dart throw at like 80 to one. But um, yeah, seeing it that he's probably going to get in the, the five, six dollar yeah. range tonight. You, I'm going to pass. What would you like? What He's three dollars a share right now. What would you realistically pay? Three dollars would be uh what did we say that was like 40 50th would be like three dollars would you go to 370 that would be 45th would you go to 425 that'd be 40th like what's the number here yeah i think like i think you mentioned it like right around like four or 425 is like where i cap out at charlie hoffman i do notice like last year 775 ipo price i mean i don't know how his form was coming into this last year but that's a high ipo for charlie hoffman $20 payout at the end of the day. So um, it is the Charlie Hoffman open, but you'd like to see some better signs coming in uh, versus minus 44% ROI. He owes the, the jock market consumers some money back this week. Yeah, he really might owe some of those guys back. Uh, here's here's a little bit of movement up the board here. Matt McNeely, I'm, I'm in on this. He's 505 at the moment. Uh, fair value tonight, 675, which is about 23rd or better. Probably surpasses that. Uh, might even sniff his pebble beach. Uh, number which was eight bucks a share. I'm I, I just I see it, man. It's just he's he's getting better every week. He's getting better every month. I don't know when it's going to uh, materialize uh, essentially into like a victory or something like that. And and I think there's just a lot of good courses for him. I don't think there's a lot of great courses for him. So I think he's going to be hard, Joe, to really pin down and say this is the McNeely week. I just I'm just a bot. Like let me buy McNeely for the next twelve months. I'm in. Yeah, you've been pretty good at that lately with Scheffler and Cam Smith this year. So uh, I trust your opinion on that. If you see it coming, I've never really been a McNeely guy um, in terms of, of betting him and taking shares of him. But you're right. He's been close. He's been knocking on the door and he's been consistent, which is big in the jock market. Yeah, very much so. Okay, let me flip this around and show the top 10. So I always like to do this. Now, uh, Joe, pre-ranks are important here in the jock market. And every single one of these golfers has a pre-rank. And that will break all the ties. So tonight, Roy McElroy, the number one ranked pre-golfer. Which, by the way, uh, I think we should address. These pre-ranks have gotten much better. Right? Yes. They, they used to be... We love the guys over at jock market. They uh, th Some of the pre-ranks a year ago we're egregious and we were very candid and critical about that and they've gotten much better. So I do want to tip the cap because these are a lot better now. They're improving. Yeah. They're kind of mirroring the odds boards. And I just think that it probably took some time to iron out enough data in here so that they could get a, um, uh, you know, more of a, a long-term, um, you know, baseline in terms of where these guys pre-rank, but yes, much better. 
So Rory McIlroy is the number one pre-ranked golfer. So let's say three guys tie for second. Rory McIlroy gets the full share for second place because his pre-rank is better. So looking at the top 10, Rory McIlroy is making a move as expected. He's $5 a share. Uh, Adam Hadwin, who I, I like a lot, is moving up to 435 And all of these prices are going to go up. But we got to talk about some of these guys, Joe. Um, Hideki Matsuyama withdrew before the Players' Championship, cited the back injury, will defend his title next week at Augusta National. It's a really awkward, weird situation to invest in Hideki. How do we go about doing it? Yeah, I I think that if you're going to invest in Hideki this week, I think the jock market is probably the spot to do it. I think the public sentiment is obviously concerned about the injury. They know he's got to defend at the Masters. They know he's got to host the dinner uh, early next week as well. So he's got a lot of commitments in line. I, I tend to be on injuries like this. Was it the back or was it a neck injury? Uh, you know what? I thought it was the neck injury too. But when I looked it up earlier, because I, I didn't want to be wrong, I thought it said back. But now... Did you think it was the neck too? I thought it was the neck in terms of the tweet that came out when he withdrew because I had some shares of him that week. Anyways, um, so back and neck can just be like weird because it was the morning of and you wake up wrong and you got a pinched nerve or something like that. But um, I'm not so concerned about it. I remember like guys who have been out a couple of weeks, I have less concern about in terms of coming back. A la like Daniel Berger when he had was out for a couple weeks, came right back at the Honda and almost won the thing. Um, so you don't I'm not as concerned with the form that he had before leaving him as I am with someone like another good case study is Bryson. Like we saw him last week a little bit, but before that he had been out for so long before that um, there was clearly a little bit of rust there for Bryson. I don't think we see nearly as much for Hideki and he was playing awesome before he got injured i loved him at the players um he had like three wins in the last year before that so he was on quite a run coming in uh, i think he can pick right back up where he left off assuming that uh he feels good yeah the uh the article on uh pga tour.com says back but i i swear i thought it was neck as well but hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know we'll see uh we talked about Corey connors how about another guy with a lot of question marks there's, there's a ton of question marks at the top of this board not only guys that are um, you know, maybe forward thinking to next week, but also guys coming back from injury, trying to get reps, even Corey Connors playing as deep into the match play as he did. I mean, there's just questions speed this year. I mean, uh, Bryson and speed, like, like I kind of lumped them. I shouldn't really lump them together because speed is at least healthy Bryson working back from injury, but I have very little feel about either one of these guys. Yeah, I feel a little bit better about speed than I do Bryson. Um, although I do think there's a path here to Bryson's style of play. Um, the fairways are relatively generous. Um, the rough is negligible. There is trouble off the tee, but you have some room there to miss as long as it's within reason. And I know he hasn't been great at that. Uh, but I do think that there's a way to play this course that can ideally set up for his game. Um, putted it pretty well last week. There were some inconsistencies throughout, but we expected a little bit of rust. Um, I saw some positive things actually from Jordan Spieth last week, and I know that the incoming form is not nearly what it was last year when he finally uh, got the monkey off his back and got that victory. But um, I'd be more inclined to put some dollars on Spieth than I would Bryson, assuming that they're around the same price. It's so annoying because the the one really good result <laughs> from from Spieth is at Pebble. So it's like, oh, OK, well, just play him at places that he's played well, which mm -hmm. would also be 
here obviously champion but it's like hard to convince my brain to actually pull that off when i look at the rest of the red around it um and then i'll show you i'll show you bryson's logs here uh as well which are you know riddled riddled with red but obviously high upside uh for when things come through i i think maybe maybe i give the nod to to spieth just for the course history magic and maybe he can pull something off where yeah uh, he kind of talked about it like the next 10 days for him is just like the most important time of his life totally yeah and i think that um you know there were some things going on like he was in really bad shape like early in the year i think uh where was it tournament of champions the hero he looked awful at so maybe he can start to get things kind of turning back in the right direction and obviously this is what uh his schedule all year peaks for this next 10 days like you mentioned yeah, fingers crossed. Uh, back to the big board here, and I'm actually going to give out some more money here in just one second. So make sure your jock market username is in the chat right now. We've got a couple of guys over five bucks a share: Chris Kirk, Adam Hadwin, Gary Woodlands, Maverick McNeely, Rory McIlroy. Those are your five dollar plus golfers with Kevin Streelman, Keegan Bradley, Patton Kazire, and Mito Pereira rounding out the fours. Just to put a bow on the top ten guys here, Joe. Obviously, Abraham answered. He's out. We talked about Adam Hadwin. Um, the only other guy I guess we didn't really give a lot of oxygen to is Tony Finau, and he's still sitting at a dollar a share. That's obviously going to change, but Tony's been in a rough stretch. He has now uh, decreased in a jock market value for consecutive weeks in terms of his IPO price. What price are we willing to invest in Tony tonight? Uh, I think I'm, I'm willing to go up to like the high sixes, low sevens on Tony. I, I kind of like him this week. Like I mentioned, I do think there's a path to sort of the Bryson style of play. He is still one of the longer players in this field. He's been really, really bad Rick around the greens and that's concerning to me, but it's also encouraging in a way because I do think that's one of the strengths of his game. He's really good normally throughout his career at getting himself up and down. And I wonder if those stats it's one of those strokes gain stats that's weird because all around the green shots are not the same. Um, you can have an absolutely horrid lie. You can be in the like you can be in the lip of a bunker. Like there's different factors in there. You can be behind a tree. Um, so I do still think that there's a way that he can play this thing. And I said it on my pod. I call it rip it and chip it. Um, mm-hmm. You just get it down there as far as you can, and you try to scramble for birdie and par. Um, I think that that's his lane if he does have success. And it's funny because. Like you go back a year ago, right? And this field would have actually felt really strong at the top with Spieth playing well, with Bryson playing well, with Finau, with Rory. Like those four would have been like, this is a big time field for the Valero. Now it's just really Rory playing well. And these three guys are coming in in horrible form. But I think it could give some opportunity for them this week to to have a good finish and re-garner some confidence going into the first major of the season. I hope so. That'd be pretty darn cool. Uh, let me give away a little bit of money here. Uh, oh boy, I just lost it. Uh, here we go, Mister Awaken Up. Congratulations, you are on the board. We'll get that twenty bucks over into your account in a couple of business days. So bear with us. If you would also like to win twenty dollars to the jock market, very very simple to do. Just put your handle in the chat right now. That's literally it. Uh, nothing else. There was a question, and I don't have the the comment handy. Oh, actually, I do. From Tim asking about Ricky Fowler. And uh, Joe, I'll show you the results. It ain't pretty. I mean, hasn't returned you a profit since Summit Club, which was awesome. Uh, This slump that Ricky's been in 
now stretches two years. Um, I don't know if it's a slump anymore or this is the new baseline. Like how, how do we even begin to assess this? I don't know, man. I'm off. And I just think that so many times in jock market, it um, is a test of a player's popularity for the week. And he's so popular in general. I always feel like his price is going to outweigh um, his potential results. You see there that it's been a bloodbath lately. I'm laughing because I think I heard it was Tambo earlier was like, who plays in the Masters first? Um next the next masters first is it going to be ricky fowler or charlie woods <laughs> oh boy <laughs> like i don't know if ricky's got another run in a bit i i root for him i thought that things were going to to trend well for a little while but um he's just in a slump he's not swinging it well he's clearly lost all confidence um with the putter so i have a ton of concerns i'll probably be off for many of those reasons what about you yeah, I, I I love Ricky. He's, he's been nothing but uh, awesome to me. Every interaction that I've that I've had with him, but I I hate to say it, like if his name, like if you just took away his name and it was like John Smith here, there we we wouldn't even have gotten a question about him, right? Like yeah. like, like we we wouldn't have. We've got a guy who's uh, like lost you money in fourteen out of fifteen markets. Has lost his best weapon. Has shown one sign of life at summit club where he drove the ball like a maniac for four days. At, uh, like we, if it, if his name wasn't Ricky Fowler, we wouldn't even have gotten a question about him. I know, I know. And there's a couple, he's going to get a little bit of a bump this week, I think because of the master's narrative and he's had some close calls there. There's a couple guys in the field that are looking to sort of get in next week, but um, I, you kind of know a lot about the corn Ferry tour more so than I do. And I know that they had an event here um, a couple of years ago. And a lot of those guys are actually now up to the PGA tour and playing this week. Do you got any info there? Was it, was it Davis Riley who ended up winning? It was Davis Riley won, and, uh, Paul Barjan finished, uh, finished runner up there. Yeah. So that was the 2020, I think there were still, you know, no fans. It was like, they came back in COVID and they moved a lot of the events to, uh, mm -hmm. the TPCs. They played like TPC Colorado, like two weeks in a row. And I think they played, they might've played here at TPC San Antonio two weeks in a row. Cause there's two courses, uh, uh, two courses there. So yeah, I listen, I'm, I'm generally very bullish on those guys, as you know, Joe. And, and yeah. I think the line is quite blurred between uh, the Corn Ferry Tour, and we saw Davis Riley, you know, take Sam Burns to a to a playoff a couple of weeks ago. And Paul Barjan, I think, is always undervalued, but I I I don't put honestly too much weight on it. You know, like okay. five percent bump, you you get some good vibes when you walk in. But if guys played that event and didn't play well, I'm not going to knock someone for missing a cut or finishing outside the top forty in an event two years ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's really, it's really hard. Almost all those guys have evolved so much between now and then. Um, yeah, that's totally. Uh, real quick, because I, it's, I cannot believe it's already eight fifty three. So we're gonna get you out of here and go do your thing real quick. Uh, but I, we are still seeing Bryson's at one oh five. <laughs> a female is at one dollar. Uh, who of those two golfers uh, is more expensive tonight? Bryson, but I, but I like Finau better. But I think it's gonna be Bryson. All right, Joe, get out of here. Here's what we're going to do. Right, uh, 8.53 by my clock. So this is the time of night uh, where we let Joe go make his bids. You guys try to outbid him. Uh, we see if you know you can take some shares away from him in the final few moments because that's where we're at already. Time is flying this evening. So um, at about 8.57, we enter kind of this 90-second random window, and, and then the IPO can close really at any time within that window because uh, – 
keeps the integrity of the contests essentially to, to randomize it like that. So we're in the home stretch. Make sure your notifications are turned on. Make sure you've got your uh, players favorited on the leaderboard so that you have easy access to them because Joe's coming for him and he's going to try to take those guys away from you. And I'm going to take you the rest of the way here. Rory McIlroy has asserted himself atop the jock market. No surprise there. He's $8.50 a share. He is $2 clear of the next closest golfer. Now, that is still below the fair value that we have on Rory McIlroy tonight. So fair value on Rory is $10.22 a share, asking him to finish 11th or better. Right now at eight fifty dollars a share, that's 16th or better. So I, I think we're going up on Rory. I think we are going to, going to see Rory... Probably snap through the $10 mark for the first time since that's last year's Arnold Palmer Invitational, not the most recent. Last year's Arnold Palmer Invitational was last time he was over $10. I think we might be on a collision course for Rory there, especially with uh, Abraham Abraham answer. Uh, late WD here on this Wednesday. Matt McNeely, a second, talked about him. Uh, Chris Kirk, 625 a share, talked about him. Adam Hadwin, Gary Woodland, both over $6. How about Siwoo Kim? Siwoo Kim, 569 Siwoo Kim certainly volatile, certainly a high ceiling, certainly a low floor, but you can see all of that kind of showing up in his results. Minus 77% ROI at the players, but he turns you a profit at the API. Lost you 70% at the Genesis, but turns you a profit at the Waste Management, the Farmers, and the American Express. So playing well coming in. He's got decent little course history around TPC San Antonio. He's $5.69 a share. Here comes Jordan Speed. Now $5.28 a share, uh, which honestly is a lot higher than you'd expect from a guy who has lost you money in the jog market as frequently as Jordan Spieth has. But here we are because Jordan Spieth is your defending champion. $5.28 a share. I have his fair value tonight, $7.52, so probably plenty of room for Spieth to make his way up the board. Let me turn this into the top 10. Uh, now we are seeing a little bit of movement on Corey Connor seeing a little bit of movement on Hideki and Bryson. Bryson's now 454 and Tony Fee now slowly but surely making his way up the board. He is at $3 a share. We'll keep an eye on that over the course of the next couple of minutes. By my clock, it is 856. 856 p.m. Eastern time. So we are coming down to the finish line here. Rory McElroy uh will almost certainly be the most expensive golfer in the market by a wide margin tonight. He's already at $9 a share. That is opening the gap between him and Maverick McNeely. So I can think, I think it's safe to say Rory will be holding the crown this evening when things are done here in just a few minutes. Bryson's making a late charge, five bucks a share now. Bryson is trying to pick up a little bit of steam. Hideki Matsuyama, a lot of questions around uh, his health and his focus uh, with the defense defense of his green jacket coming next week, $4.28 a share. Tony Finau has added 52 cents per share to his price tag since the last time I gave it a refresh. We're seeing a little bit of movement here uh, for guys like Matthew Neesmith now up to $4.88 and my guy Brandon Steele, $4.50 a share making a move up the board as well. Let me give this another refresh here because I think we are now in that window. I think we're in that 90-second window. So this IPO phase can close at any time. Make sure your bids are in. Don't get left holding the bag. And here we go. Another refresh, another big jump for Rory McIlroy and a huge jump for Hideki Matsuyama. Maybe not so much of a concern for Decky as he's now up to $7.51 a share. He's the second most expensive golfer on the slate. $7.50 is asking him to finish about 20th or better. 
for Hideki Matsuyama. Now a full dollar clear of Maverick McNeely carving out a spot as the second most expensive golfer. Jordan Spieth trying to make his way up the board as well. 628. We'll see if Spieth can, pair, uh, can pass Corey Connors. Seven cents behind right now. I think that's something interesting to keep an eye on all night. And here comes Tony Fee now, $4.50 a share. Let me try to steal a refresh. Let me try to steal one refresh here. I've got 858 by my clock, so we're definitely in it. We're definitely in that 90-second window. This thing can close really at any moment. Corey Connors uh, is saying, no, 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 not so fast, Jordan Spieth. 705, now the only, uh, now three golfers over $7 a share. Corey Connors, the third pre-ranked golfer, carving out his spot. In fact, pre-ranked golfers one, two, and three are now in that order in terms of their IPO price. Number four is Bryson DeChambeau. He's well down the board, $6.05. Pre-ranked golfer number seven. Tony Finau is 572. Pre-ranked golfer number nine, Denny McCarthy, might be a generous pre-rank. $4.50 for Denny. He is still there as well, but he breaks a lot of ties. I'm going to try to refresh this because I think there's a lot of movement on the board. We'll see if we can get Rory over 10 bucks. Can Rory break through $10 a share? Not yet. Not just yet. $9.85 a share. He might be stuck there. This is the most expensive Rory's been since... Bay Hill two weeks ago, he was exactly this price. And before that, it was Bay Hill a year ago. So we are getting towards the upper echelon of modern Rory McIlroy. Hideki Matsuyama, two exact dollars behind at 785. Corey Connor, 750. That is your clear trio at the top. And I think we're done. Clear. Shot like an early close. I I guess it felt early, but I guess it wasn't. Yeah, 859. Yeah. Um, Wow. We'll see how this thing shakes out. But some nice pricing out there this week. All right. We'll take a peek at that. Let us know who you got in the comments. Also make sure your jock market username is in there. I've got a little bit more money to give away this evening. So make sure your jock market username is in the chat and we'll let this whole thing, uh, settle for a second. But Joe, how many, uh, how many guys were you targeting? Was there a lot of Uh, eight guys? I had eight guys. I actually had nine. I lost out on Tony Finau there at the end when I believe you said that he got that additional bump. Um, but I ended up with eight. A little sprinkled throughout the board. I'm going to wait and see. Hopefully they come over here to holdings in a second. And uh, yeah, hmm. I'm waiting for I'm waiting for mine to refresh as well. But uh, Rory McIlroy, uh, he you know he's he was the king tonight. We I, I don't yeah. know what his uh, final price is exactly. We'll let my big board finish here, but Rory McIlroy, a well-deserved crown. And then uh, Hideki was there. I, I, I'm, I'm going to be surprised to see what Hideki's number is because I, I think there was a lot of question marks, Joe, and the guys in the jog market said, uh, maybe not so many questions. Yeah, yeah. Um, all right, you ready to hear my guys? I am ready, yes. All right, Mr. Question Mark. <laughs> There's a lot of question oh, marks boy. in this field. Jordan Spieth, 650. It's pretty cheap. I- that's that's uh, uh, almost a full dollar below his fair value for tonight. Pretty cheap. The ROI is already looking positive. I know this thing hasn't started yet, but defending champ, maybe a good get right spot for him. Okay, that's then moving fifth or better or something like that. Yeah, yeah, that would be yeah twenty fifth or better. I like it. Um, moving down at five dollars and sixteen cents, I got some shares of Luke List, who we didn't talk about, but um, the ball striking and approach numbers have just been phenomenal. I know a lot of that came from one event at the Farmers, but I do feel like this should be a good spot for him in the four dollar range. Let's see, yeah, I have one guy in the four dollar range, four twenty two, Matt Kuchar. 
Um, kind of a weird one here, but he has great course history. And if we're going to play a little bit of around the green game, he's still one of the better guys on tour. Nine consecutive cuts made here when I look back at it. So um, a really good spot for Cooch in a, in a in a spot where I think that he's super motivated. He's played the Masters in 10 straight years. We know how special that is to him. Um, and he's not in the field this week. So I think that he's going to give it his best shot. I don't think a win is there, but at 422, he's got a what? He's got to finish in the top 40 um, and a bunch of guys in the three. So I got Kramer Hickok, Patrick Rogers. I did get Bo Hostler at 336 because I said I was going to be a buyer at 350. And then $2 guys, Ben Martin. Great performance last week was just $2.14. So if you're new to the jock market, that's really $1.14 because even if he finishes dead last, you're getting back a dollar a share. And then Minwoo Lee. Kind of a surprising one. I hadn't really seen much of him before, but I watched a couple of his matches last week and was actually quite impressed um, with his game a little bit. I like the fact that he was there with a lot of the best players in the world in that event. And now he goes here with maybe a little bit more confidence coming into this week. It was just $2.10, so uh, pretty cheap on Minwoo. Yeah, I think Minwoo went one. I think he went one, one, and one last week. Don't quote me. Yeah. Don't- on that record but, but I he's aggressive that. and he's a lot longer than i thought he was he he can really hit it off the tee yeah he's uh yeah he he can he's got a beautiful beautiful little swing yeah. um all right let me show you so so for joe it is spieth list kuchar hickok rogers Bo hostler ben martin min woo lee rounding out uh his portfolio brent harris checks in says Siwoo, Grayson Sig, Swaff Daddy, Hank Lebiota, or, uh, or I'm assuming that's Rasmus Hoygaard, Graham McDowell, Minwoo, and Richard Bland. So you got a there little uh, Minwoo love here with Brent Harris. Bland, kind of the same theory there of getting it under the belt last week and then showing up here with maybe a little confidence. I like that pick. Okay, how about this one? Tug Ooh. went with Fowler, Champ, Schwab, Hickok, Stallings. Hickok's... um. Texas guy, isn't he? Wasn't yeah. he Spieth? Hickok Spieth? was Spieth's roommate. Yep. Yeah, okay. Making sure. Um, Stallings, I like that. Fowler and Champ. I don't know. I mean, I think there's upside there, but it's it just questionable form coming in, I think. Brett went with Decky, Connors, uh, I think that's supposed to say Bryson, Chris Kirk, Keegan, Steele, Gim, and McDowell. Kind of a, a, a heavier top end of the board yep. for Brett with Decky, Connors. Bryson and Kirk, who ended up, I think, all in the top seven or eight of the pricing. Yeah, and Keegan as well. I think we didn't talk much about him, but I think he sets up nice this week also. I can't tell if this is a joke or not. Andy Smith says, I ended up with 105 guys. Seems like a lot. That's a joke, right? I don't know. Um, That seems like a joke. You must have some quick fingers there, Andy. You must have been bidding all hour. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of guys. I think Mike, our boy, Mike Van Veed said he had 81. So, um, maybe, I think there was a lot of value not, that I mentioned. Maybe it's not a joke then. <laughs> yeah. Um, early close, I think always helps out the pricing and, um, a lot of shares on the line this week. All right. How about this? How about we take a look at the big board here? So let me get, uh, let me get this out of the way. Here's the final pricing for Valero. Uh, no surprise. Rory McIlroy, number one, 985 below his fair value, Joe below yep. his fair value. And, uh, I I'll tell you what, I don't know if he's good. I don't know what he's going to do this week, but I like that. He's trying something different. Totally agree. Under sub 10 bucks. Rory, I think is a good buy, um, and warranted. It looks like almost everyone that I have in the top 10 
is below fair value projections. So that is an indicator there that there is a ton of uh, value in the market this week. So it was a good week to be here. Hopefully we can all get those bank rolls uh, nice and fluffy before Masters week. There you go. Uh, so pre-ranks one through four finished in that position. Uh, Hideki 785, Connor 750, Bryson 688, and then McNeely. Uh, yeah, I get it. 655, he's next. I mean, McNeely is a penny more than Jordan Spieth. I know it's a penny, but does that say more about the positive sentiment of McNeely or the negative sentiment of Spieth? Uh, probably a little bit of both, right? I mean, the answer to like questions like that is almost always like somewhere in between. <laughs> yeah, yeah, somewhere in between. Yeah, I mean, he's playing great. Mav is great, but I think the uh, I think Spieth was too cheap. I mean, I'm obviously biased because I got him, but um, we'll see if he can turn it around. He was actually pretty good with his irons last week. Did nothing with the putter. Coming back to a spot here where um, I expect him to play well. We'll see if that comes true. Uh, Andy says, "Not a joke. I bid on everyone with my target price early. That is." Um, it's certainly a viable strategy, right? Yeah. That way you don't have to worry about the uh, concerns of doing it all like in the final minute or so. And then, of course, um, on a week like this where things are seemingly coming in under fair value, you would end up with a lot of guys. Yeah, and I think that Andy has a great strategy there in creating a target price for a lot of these guys in the field. That's one of the things that I do, and it really helps you um, to bid early on stuff like that because one of the things you can do is once they clear the price you are willing to pay hours before IPO, um, you don't get sort of sucked into some of the momentum and, and anxiety that happens down the stretch here. Um, you just try to make smart, sound decisions based on your strategy. Yeah, you could, in theory, just make all your bids uh, five hours ago and yeah. just and just wake up tomorrow and see who you got, right? I mean, yeah. that would be, I, I don't know if that's like, that takes a lot of restraint, Joe. That takes a lot of willpower to not be involved in, in, in the frenzy. But I suppose if you were really trying to take it seriously and you were uh, confident in your assessment and you did not care about kind of getting sucked into it, that's, it's one way to do it. Yeah, we've seen a lot of these like these markets run at a positive. So the more outs you can have in trying to get that $25 payout and that $20 payout, um, that is an effective strategy that we've seen people use like Austin. And we've had him on the show before talk about that. Um, so you have a lot of outs and you have less um, less pressure to get it right on like something like I do with eight guys. Now, can it go horribly wrong? Of course. But I think long term, um, it's a good strategy. Uh, let me give away a little bit of money before we get out of here. Cool. So, uh, oh boy, I put a timestamp of the comments and actually there's quite a few comments this evening. So thank you very much. Tug yeah, thanks, guys. Congratulations. You're on the board. All right. 20 bucks coming your way. And then also, uh, I've got, oh boy. Oh boy. Here we go. Oh, wow. There's a lot of comments. This is awesome. Frank, you're on the board. Congratulations, Frank. So we'll get those uh, jock bucks over into your account ASAP. Usually a couple of business days. You don't have to email me in 30 minutes and say that your account hasn't been credited yet. I'm aware. Uh, it'll be a couple of business days. So don't, don't, don't hit me up. Joe, um, my God, if you have never played on the jock market before, what in the world are you doing? Use the code POWER up to a $50 deposit bonus. We are... I just believe we are going headfirst into the largest market ever next week. 
Totally. They have a ton of giveaways. We'll see if maybe I'll try to, uh, you know, talk, holler at our guys over there. If you haven't deposited yet to see if we can up that bonus for next Ooh. week, maybe do something special, but, um, yeah, it's going to be a huge market next week. I cannot wait for the masters. I feel like it's been forever. Um, and now we're on this run of, of one a month. So we're officially in the heart of golf season. I'm excited for it. Thank you all for stopping by tonight. Uh, and we're going to catch you next week for the masters follow joe on twitter at tour picks follow me at rick run good good luck see ya